Hello everybody, uh, I am Anshuman Gupta, I cover Pharma and Healthcare at Investor Capital. As part of the Pharma Expert Series, we are hosting Mr. William Mann and his team. Uh, Bill is an industry veteran and currently heads the North America and EU businesses for MCURE. Uh, Prior to MCURE, he was also President and CEO for AMRI and also for Teva North America. Uh, welcome uh, to all of you. I think we have uh, Bill, uh, John, and Dan on the call. Uh, we are extremely thankful for you to uh, take time to conduct this call. Uh, I think uh, what we could do is, I think a lot there is a lot of chaos right now globally uh, because of the COVID crisis. I think people would like to know what's happening on the U.S. generic market during this crisis. Okay. Can uh, I, I think everyone can hear me? Um, so on the phone with me um, is John Denman. Um, John Denman is the CEO of the U.S. Business. Um, John, prior to joining us here at the Amateur Business, which is now called Avet Pharmaceuticals in uh, in the U.S., um, was also um, worked with Renaissance and was the CEO of Renaissance, which was a um, uh, a generic company that was launched by private equity. Prior to that, John and I worked together for many years at Teva Pharmaceuticals. And prior to that, John was a, I had worked um, at Sandoz and also was a uh, pharmaceutical buyer at Walmart. Um, also on the phone with me as part of the team is our vice president of uh, marketing and, and sales. Um, and that is Dan Kapowitz. Um And Dan has been with uh, Heritage slash uh, that for a number of years, really, from, from the real inception of the last six or seven years. So. Um, so I'll leave it there. With respect to the market, um, I think John and, and Dan can speak um, more broadly to what goes on the day-to-day, but I think what, what we would simply say is, you know, What's going on in the U.S. is not indifferent to what is going on in our Canadian businesses or in Europe. There's a lot of concern about supply. There's a lot of different disruption, right? Um, the medications that are being demanded, um, those that support ventilation um, and hospitalization around COVID are very different than some of the other things that we specialize in on oncology and that's oncology is somewhat being put on hold or slowed down in many of these these areas, but at the same time, the demand for other products are high. There is a great deal of angst around the supply chain, and of course, that that makes, you know, an awful lot of sense because this, um, you know, this pandemic uh, began in China, which disrupted many of the supplies of either excipients, APIs, intermediate sorting blocks. And from there, of course, it has spread, you know, across the world. Um, and then, of course, the demand for pharmaceuticals goes up when when there is a shortage of supply. Now the supply has begun to return, but now you see, you know, um, more eruption in, you know, the manufacturing areas like India and, of course, as well, Italy and other places. So it's a great deal of stress on the supply chain. Um, and customers are trying to protect themselves in every way possible by trying to buy inventory. Where this is going to end up, 
is, uh, frankly, um, in, in my belief, anyone's guess. Um, you know, it's still too early to tell whether um, the supply chain will hold up. Um, there are not only implications to when does this work its way through the world, but when we return to work, um, how we work within an environment of social distancing, um, and, and how is that accomplished, and what does that do to actual productivity? And this is this is causing a, a, um, a whole, uh, I, I would say, you know, a whole subset of, of reactions by governments and, and, and other regulatory bodies to try to, to, um, to help, um, whether it's um, the U.S. FDA looking at more um, desk reviews and things like that, to um, demand by the U.S. FDA's drug shortage for people to get more products into the country. And, and the same thing coming from Europe as well, and the same concerns in Canada. So they're, they're everywhere. And then even the routes of transportation for products, whether it be um, over over sea or by air, is become somewhat difficult. Um, booking slots on sea, um, difficult. Uh, booking by air, um, also difficult, but more, much more expensive. We've seen prices increase significantly. Um, so there's there is no shortage of things going on on a daily basis, and, you know, I'll just stop there and say, Jan or, or John, do you want to add anything to that? Um, yes, this is John. He, again, supply is the number one problem, and it's still alluded to not just finished those. It's API, it's key party materials, um, and actually logistics getting the product from one area to another. And it's, um, it's, it's a challenge, and the customers sense it. And um, as Bill said, they do whatever they can to get products. So the buying patterns are now um, a few. And um, it, it'll take, um, it'll take the, the best part of this year um, before even resembles anything of normalcy. Um, it will go through the rest of the year for sure. But those are all the highlights. Yeah, and I can echo what Bill and John have said. It's, again, customer's behavior is how do we secure products for patients? Um, on the retail and the wholesale level, uh, they continue to purchase um, to make sure that they have stocks in the event that there are any supply disruptions from the global supply chain. So, so, so I think for all of you, I think uh, obviously interesting times. So, uh, typically in the last couple of years, what we saw was supply disruptions led to some sort of pricing stability in the market. Are you seeing something over and above that, and sort of are you seeing a positive momentum on the pricing? If this year. Um, let me take a stab at that, and then I'll let uh, Dan or John fill in. But, but I would say that today, um, because supply is the first concern of the customer, pricing is has moved from being the most important uh, factor to maybe the second most important factor. 
Um, so I would say, yes, there is a 10 people less pressure on price. However, um, I, I, I'm not convinced that that will sustain. Um, I, I believe there is a short-term hiatus on price, but I'm, you know, the system is not geared um, for massive price increases. Nor, by the way, you know, um, the government is, is, is not going to, you know, take price going up precipitously. Um, they're not going to take that very lightly during this particular time. So, um, yes, I would say, you know, the short answer is, yes, there is some short-term um, relief on pricing, but I don't see a, I don't see a, a pattern change for, for the future at this time. John, Dan, any, any other thoughts? Yes, this is John. Um, as, as the opportunity is when our competitors are struggling and their customers come to us. That's where the opportunity is. Our existing customers, um, they're, it's, it's just giving them product um, that they already have in established price, which uh, does not change. So it's just new customers uh, that we had the opportunity to serve um, because they're, they're struggling with their current suppliers. So that's where the opportunity is. So other other thing that probably would be interesting to note is uh, are we seeing, uh, because you said supply ha- is, has taken number one priority, are we seeing a relaxation in the quantum of penalties if you were sort of missing because there's a huge supply disruption in the market. So, are you seeing that the penalties because of service levels being not honored, uh, is it are they going down right now, or you know it's the same? Well, this is you know um, this is like a car crash, and and you know the first concern um, is is for the safety of the passengers in a car crash, and then who caused the crash, and 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 what. You know, what are the ramifications of that will come later? And I think that's in the phase we're in right now. Uh, I, we have not yet had anybody say, gee, don't worry about it. Um, uh, but, but it's not coming up uh, on a regular basis. Now, now Dan's probably a, a bit more depth on this, but I, I, I'm not, again, you know, it, it's a bit like the pricing. You know, it's taking a back seat at the moment. Um, but but where it will go, um, we're going to need some time to see that play out. Dan, do you want to make any comments? Uh, no, I think you're 100% right, though. It will take time to play out. I think one of the things um, that we kind of see is there are opportunities, but if you take that opportunity today, and assure your customer that you will have su- supply. It may be six months from now we're still feeling this pain, and that will be when the conversations start coming up as we begin to run out of product. So I do think, as Bill put it, this conversation is on the sideline a little bit, but if there are big penalties or you make a promise that then you don't fulfill, there will be significant supply penalties, I am sure, in the future, that may be able to be caught, but they will come. Sure. Okay. So, uh, in, when you say supply disruptions, is it 
it is this supply disruption across many many products or it's still a small set of products where the supply disruptions are uh, are happening well i i i like being into this. there's key products that that everybody wants to share their hands on right you know several weeks ago it was medazolam you know injectable medazolam for, for people who were being intubated et cetera et cetera and so that's kind of rolling. But whenever you have one item that, that becomes in heavy demand, you know, and production needs to shift to do one thing, that means you're not doing something else. So um, it's by definition, because we don't have, you know, one product, one plant, um, you know, uh, several um, critical drugs that, that need to be manufactured push other things out of the way. So it disrupts the entire cycle. Okay. Yes, and yeah. I believe they'll ebb and flow as those events happen. As as manufacturing sites shift to manufacture medicines that are needed, they're neglecting others, and that might not manifest today, but we'll see that product come into supply shortage in six weeks, six months, uh, and they're just going to keep popping up as we work through this. Uh, mine is a slightly big picture question on uh, sort of uh, what changes post COVID. Um, and to me, it seems like one of the big learnings um, as a society has been that you're only as safe as um, as your weakest link. And so it looks like there could be uh, a sort of broad push towards either uh, you know healthcare for all or more affordable healthcare for everyone. And so, uh, just two part question. First is, do you, do you, do you agree and do you think that, that, that sort of, uh, that will gain more momentum? And, uh, question two is, if that is the case, then, uh, what are the implications for the companies, uh, if any, you know, can the state, can the state's role become more important in the supply chain? Do you think there'll be more regulation? Um, more consolidation uh, uh, in terms of the at, at the buyers and uh, so any thoughts here will be useful. Yeah, I mean the big picture stuff with respect to um, healthcare for all, so to speak. Um, I, you know, that's more of a political question. If you could tell me who's going to win the election, um, I think I could tell you which way that's going to swing. Um, if, if Trump is reelected, I think you've got status quo for the next four years. I think if Biden is elected, um, he'll work very hard to put back the pieces of Obamacare. Um, but, but all of which, either side, I don't think it dramatically influences demand for generics. Um, I mean, we already have 90 plus percent of the U.S. market. Um, and although I see a lot of headlines around, uh, you know, at some time to time about people who don't get their med- medications, I think we have such a broad armada of generics available to people. I think their access to treatment um, is there for most people. So I don't think that that's going to be a broad driver uh, moving forward. So, um, and, and, and but I do believe your comment is exactly right. That people will, through this whole process, be thinking about the supply chain is only as strong as you just link. So people, 
various ways people are going to think more about shortages and, and they're going to think more about, you know, how do we fix this problem? And, you know, government can't really fix this problem um, in an efficient manner. And so I think um, there'll be a lot of states trying to do things. There'll be a lot of... Um, There'll be a lot of discussion by politicians on how to change things, but I'm not sure it's going to really change a lot. Uh, the only thing I would comment, I think as investors, um, everybody's trying to understand, is this the time to invest in genetics? And, and I think, you know, did it hit its low point and it's going to move um, up from here? And I think... Um, my guess is, is, is that I think there is going to be some improvement in the industry moving forward, and I think that's a good thing. I'm, I'm cautious about that, but I think that there will be. Um, because this is a fundamental, necessary industry. We, we supply over 90% of the pharmaceuticals to the United States. And so that's, you know, uh, this is going to remind people of that. It's going to have some and unintended consequences and some positive consequences. So in general, I believe, you know, people will at least be centered on the fact of how important this industry is. So I don't think this is going to be anything like it was in 2013 and 14 where there were price increases all over the place and people were making, um, you know, record profits. I don't think that's going to happen. But I do see a general, I, I believe, I, I, we will see a general improvement in the generic industry. Okay, Bill, uh, that was quite optimistic. Uh, thank you, uh, Bill, John, and Dan, uh, uh, and everybody who participated in the call. Uh, thank you very much. Bye.